0: Passion, drive, and patience. That's the formula for winning championships and is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. They have superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and much, much more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, they've got it all eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber and not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Let's keep your ride or die alive today at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Don't even get that. No, no, there, that Let's was not a, get that started. No, it's already been started. What that
1: was. The end of I 12. know yeah. what I'm
0: saying is, is that this. We need to cut the legs off of this story right away. The following is a production of Dirty Mo Media. What's up, guys? Welcome to Actions Detrimental All Star episode with my All Star co-host Jared Allen. I'm Denny oh Hamlin, God. driver the 11 uh, car for prefer- uh, oh jeez jeez Joe Gibbs Racing. Let's not get that started. Um, and uh, yeah, wow, what a what a weekend at North Worksboro, It was a it was a fun week for sure. I, I was a big fan for most of the week watching all the late model races, uh, the truck race, all that, and then uh, we had some practice and and heat races and and all-star race on sunday so i hadn't seen that place other than driving by it um many weeks on my way to diamond creek and banner elk uh, a, a golf club i'm a part of that's awesome and you always used to see just the old winston signs and i never knew what was actually in there other than pictures i'd seen on social media but uh, a great place
1: to great place great short track feel did you see um I, I can't remember who posted it, but pictures of the uh i guess what what is now the media center, which was the um I, I don't know where the the driver's lounge, no, or maybe what's now the driver's lounge, but a couple of years ago it was an abandoned uh yeah, I saw it, yeah, and it had like gurneys in there and stuff, yeah, what am I trying to think of the uh after you crash, you go to the Infield Care Center, the old Infield Care Center. Oh no, I didn't see those pictures. I saw what was the driver's lounge and like how it disgusting it was. Oh no, it was like this is a abandoned Infield Care Center and there's stretchers and it looks straight out of a horror movie. You would love that. Yeah, it would be cool to see. I should go back to that. (laughs) (laughs) Jared visits uh, historic places everywhere we go
0: on the road. He's uh, checking out. You know, where do you find, I mean, how do you, do you just research towns? Like whenever, I don't know, we go to a town that I deem not that exciting. <laughs> yeah. Like you, f- I, I look and you're, you're at some historical place in that town. What? How do you? It's like off the beaten path, insert city here or
1: something. Oh, is there like a website for no granolas like you? <laughs> no, just, just Google. Be oh. good at Googling, I guess. Nice. Okay. You got to there's always something something interesting no matter what place you go to. Oh. That's that's my take. So, when did you go to the track this week? I was there on on Friday, Saturday,
0: and Okay, Sunday. so you were there same days. You yep. didn't, you weren't there earlier in the week. No. No. You didn't go for any of Larson's other races. It,
1: it,
0: no, he didn't race. He didn't Oh, okay. I was he trying. he
1: raced a sprint car on Tuesday. I was there for that.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah. I, Wednesday. I, I know you're <laughs> the number 1 fan, so it's, <laughs> Uh, no, listen, this is, uh, this is fun because we're talking about going back to a racetrack we haven't been to in 25, 26, 30 years, whatever it is, uh, and, and it was cool. So the, the atmosphere was second to none. Actually, I, I know the company that, that did the rebuild, uh, Choate uh, Construction, shout out to John Dudas um, and that team. Uh, they're actually the ones building our building right now for 2311. So uh, they did a fantastic job um shout out to dale jr um and his whole you know his group that you know from iRacing that kind of started this you know you had a handful of volunteers going out there and clearing the track and trying to scan the track for iRacing um just just a fantastic vision that that those guys had to to bring this track back and it's always been the track that had the most momentum to bring it back bring it back you know rockingham has got it too, but I don't know that it's to the extent that 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 Wilkesboro was. So um yeah, I, I think I, I was flying with Marcus, and he said that that track was the first sporting if ev- um, what am I thinking here? Man, it's a, it's a tough day, tough day. First sporting event? No, a facility okay. that got brought you know that was abandoned and then brought back. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Of
1: all out of all sports?
0: Yeah, because usually when you leave somewhere
1: it's it's yeah it gets demolished and you're done but i I guess a a racetrack is also a bit easier than like a building or something that that's true um
0: i tell you it was um you know there's certainly some mixed feelings about the racing product that we saw for sure um let's let's try to focus on a few other things first um I'd say that you know the truck race I thought was you know fairly exciting. I guess you could say there was quite a few cautions there. Again, it's very hard to think when you see a truck race or a late model race or whatever it is that it that that the cup race should be the same because the talent in the cup field is just so good that they don't make the mistakes that the lower series do. So you don't have as much crazy action now on some racetracks. Where we're going for it and whatnot, like you can, you could argue that it goes the other way, um, but but yeah, it just um, it it's a racetrack that really forces you to be smooth and methodical, and with that, you're more racing the track than you are the other cars. You know, and so when you get into those situations where you're racing the track more than the cars, you're going to not have as much attrition not going to have as many wrecks just because Um, now when you look at the all-star open again you had a transfer spot so people knew it was do or die situation so they're pushing as hard as they could you look at you know the ty gibbs and the uh, mcdowell situation Um, mcdowell made some great moves on the outside um, on those restarts and and did a phenomenal job he he gained a, a row or two just about every time but he saw an opportunity He had to get in that hole, like he knew that that was his race to 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 get in line and then give himself a chance to then get to the top two. He gets in there. Ty didn't want him to get in there, but like he had already cleared himself, you know. McDowell did, and and Ty just kind of kept bumping him into the corner. And at that point, you know, he gets him up the track. Haley's up on the outside, and so Ty jams it in there. Well, then McDowell's got nowhere to go. So I think he, he, he was a little upset with Ty, So he hung a left, he got loose and then took out Haley with him. So it was, that was, um that was just normal, open racing, I believe. Like, I don't know that I really placed a ton of fault at anyone. You know, I think even McDowell kind of took it, you know, fairly well at the end of the race in his interview talking about, you know, in the end, hey, this is, this is short track racing. We're, we're all fighting to try to get to into the, into the all-star race. Um, now, I mean, he, he did say some other things, but I just, I wonder like, do we, can we bring up again that like on the radio, he says, fix my car so I can go out there and fix this. Like they, they hello, did not do a very good job race manipulation. <laughs> ding, 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 ding. Like, NASCAR, let's, let's try to be consistent here. Um, but yeah, it's, he definitely, I mean, when you talk about race manipulation, he, he did, he caused it. It was a different winner of the race because of him blocking tie there when he was multiple laps down. So I, I don't know, I guess I don't, I don't like that at all. Um, but it is what it is. It didn't ultimately affect two best cars, Eric Almarola was close, but I think he was like car 2.5 um, of the uh, All Star Open
1: that that you know didn't make it. So I thought the two best cars made it, so at least that was fine. Yeah, McDowell played it off well afterwards. He said, uh, "No, no, I just wanted to let him know that I was I was unhappy with him." Yeah, like ah, uh, you know, <laughs>
0: yeah, you know it. You know, I think that that racetrack really changed quite a bit when they did the patchwork. Um, you know, I talked to Tyler Reddick a little bit and he kind of looked through his notes from testing. And before they had all those patches, the tire fall off was quite a bit more um, than what we had um, during the race. Because that that strip around the very bottom of the racetrack was so grippy that you had to be in it. And um, when we look at like, where does this racetrack go in the future? I'm probably an advocate of, it needs to be repaved, but I think we can do, I think we could do a really good paving job to that place. And, and I only say that because, and, and I'm the last person because of, you know, kind of how I drive and how I like to conserve tires. I'm the last person who likes new pavement, but I think you can, I, I mentioned it on Twitter. I think you can do some things with the pavement to really make it aggregate really put a lot of rocks in the, uh, in the surface to make it wear out tires and still have an, a good new surface. I mean, we don't want to get into a place where it rains and the next thing you know, we've got... I mean, they couldn't even have jet dryers out there. If you notice during the, uh, the heat races, like, we got the crappy end of the stick because we were the first race, and so we had to race on rain tires the, the whole first race. And The surface
1: is just too beat up for... Yeah, you can't run to, to a jet heat.
0: dryer on it because
1: it'll blow the racetrack up. Interesting. So, I actually did not notice that.
0: Well, I, I didn't know that that was the reason until I had like, I I'm texting Nelton Sawyer right before the race. And I'm like, Hey, can we just wait 30 minutes yeah. for this track to be dry? And that way both races have equal amount of practice. Um, and, you know, I, at the time he told me that we we're not going to plan we're not planning to go green if it's, if it's wet. I'm like, okay, well that's good. You're just going to use this to dry the track. Well, it took about five pace laps, and we were, green flag. I'm like, he lied to me, damn it. <laughs> um, so I, I think that that was a bad shake for the guys in the first heat. In case you were wondering, first three cars were both were all three cars that got a uh, real practice session the night before. Um, yeah, they were all in the second heat. Uh, they all got to race um, the dry tires in their race. So... I know certainly from my car's perspective, my car changed a ton from practice to the race uh, because of the conditions we raced during. We practiced during the day, we raced at night. I would have loved to have had a practice session in our heat race, but uh, we just got bad luck, I guess. So, and
1: what, are, what, are, what can teams learn from that? Because they did run the first half the race on the slicks and then they put on the wet. I think tires. they went the other way, right? They started on wets.
0: And then went to slicks for the second. Maybe I'm wrong. You're, you might. It,
1: but either way, either if way, the whole race is not run on slicks with a uh, pit cycle in the middle. What are you learning from either side of that?
0: Well, what you're learning is, you know, if, if it's rain tires, you're not learning much. I mean, right. we didn't put a whole lot of because you didn't run them anyway. In we the didn't. Race. Yeah, we didn't put a whole lot of bank into how do we need to adjust our car for wet weather tires on a dry surface? Because we, our, our surface was dry pretty much the whole race. The, the racing group was, um, and we ran, had to run wet tires all 60 laps. So that was, that was a bummer, um, for sure. And then, you know, the second race with them, you know, they got to actually say, okay, well, what did we learn from the 30 laps or so that we ran, On slick tires so oh you know what i know for a fact it was yeah it was the very first run you're right slicks to slicks and then wets because wet weather was coming but it never really actually came um so it was a very in-between moment now again it got us it started our races on time and there's value to that for nascar and the tv partners so we can't overlook that for sure uh but it was definitely a unfair advantage for the guys that got to race actually in
1: the slick tires. So go, going back a little bit, talking about these tires, um, Goodyear actually gave you a shout out and said that uh, you were correct and that they could make a softer compound for future races that would wear out more, something like they're doing for New Hampshire.
0: Yeah, so this goes back to probably three or four episodes ago uh, where I talked about you know the, the drivers and NASCAR and Goodyear all coming together and talking about how can we make this better. I am now more certain than ever that Goodyear can fix our competition problem without a doubt. I believe that the tires are the biggest factor in our competition. Uh, NASCAR and the in the team spend so much money. Um, NASCAR spends money on research and development. you know, we've got another Aero package that we're we're gonna explore in the future like, all that costs so much money. I mean, millions of dollars to develop all this. And then you got to have new parts. And us, us as race teams have to like say, okay, well, it's going to be better. So we're going to have to just take the brunt of the cost um, for this. And what we saw was that the rain tires, while they were different in the sense of you thought that they were going to fall off more because they get hot, especially on a dry surface they fell off less, but there was more lap time variability. So I, what I saw is, uh, is we have a a chart on our um, timing scoring that shows passing positions exchanged, right? And 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 it amounts to what it looks like an X on a screen whenever there's a position change. If you look at the first, if you, let's go to race two of the heat races, they were on dry tires. There was a Three or four positions changed in the first three spots right after the restart. I'm talking about like lap one, lap two. Then zero position changes all the way until that caution came about lap 25. None. Like there was 10 straight lines of people that just, wherever they were, they stayed. And you looked and it had about 1.3 seconds of fall off. The problem is everyone fell off to the same speed. We're all going the same speed, right? We all have the same cars. Everything is very, a lot of parity. So everyone's just gonna run the same speed. The, the, what I noticed with the rain tires, A, the time's picked up dramatically. And you're thinking, and I'm thinking, what, that makes no sense to me whatsoever. Why is a tire that has less contact patch faster than a tire with more contact patch? And the reason is because it's way, way softer. That the rain tires are dramatically softer than the slick tires, because when they're wet, you can run a much softer compound. That's what gives you the grip in the in the in the in the asphalt to the tire. You have to make the the the, the rubber really gushy, really, really soft. So it sticks. So it sticks. Um, and actually, if you look, the lap times the fastest we ran all weekend. Everyone was when they had. Uh, rain tires on. So that says, well, wow, the tires are a lot grippier with, with rain tires. Then I started paying attention to the race itself and I'm looking and guys are able to run right on each other's bumper on the rain tires. And then this brings me back to a conversation of why we're getting so arrow tight or arrow loose behind other cars. I mean, I noticed it in in the main event where if I, I ran, I I drove the second right away. And then I sat behind the 99 for a few laps and my stuff just burned, slam up. Like it was, I I, I came to him and then all of a sudden my car just picked up out of the racetrack and it felt like my tires were 80 laps older. Goodyear said to us during a meeting in Charlotte, I think this was last year or the year before, We were talking about why is it that when we get behind other cars, our tires just chatter. They don't even slide anymore. They just chatter, and it feels like we lose all grip. And it's because there's a saturation number in the tires. So they said that that saturation number has gone up. So the saturation is basically, now this is super uneducated, but it's like you have to load the car. The car has to have a certain amount of saturation load in the tire to the track for it to get the grip that it's built to have. Now, when you have air taken off of your car, there's not as much pushing down onto the tire, so it's not saturating it as much, and therefore, it just skims across the top of the surface. So, that is the advantage that the first car has, is he has all the air on the car. It's making pushing, it to the track. It's pushing the car down into the racetrack and saturating the tire to give it actually more grip and when we get behind air comes off the car no longer do you lose downforce just generally in the car but the tire loses a ton of grip because you're not saturating it so i think that there must be a much lower there has to be a much lower saturation number in the rain tire than the slick tire But now this is a mold of how can we make our slick tires better? Because I think that is this as much about fall off? Is it just is about making so it's not such a detriment for the second place guy or then the 10th place guy. When they get the air taken off of the car, you have to still be able to saturate the tire. And the problem is we can't because we don't have the downforce of of the air pushing down. So. I think that, that we, we, we know what we can do. Goodyear was definitely open and, and honest with us about we were very conservative in the first year of next gen when building our tires. We tried to build the same tire for all short tracks. Let's be honest, all short tracks are not built the same. You know, We were racing the Phoenix tire at North Worksboro. In case you didn't know, Phoenix is not one of our best races either. I think we have to really work on our tires a lot. And I think Goodyear's well aware of it. They even said you know, publicly that we, we are well aware that we need to go softer. Um, I just hope that the saturation numbers that they have that I know that they have the data on it, they start bringing that number down so it doesn't hurt the guy that has less downforce. He still has the same amount of mechanical grip in his car as as uh the leader that will make our racing better because i noticed with the rain tires brad kazowski was literally pushing someone around the racetrack all, all the way around the racetrack for laps and i'm like wow look how close he is to that car like normally our car would just slide up the racetrack if we were on the slick tires um but yeah it's the tires 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 can
1: fix most of our competition issues and not aero packages. So I have a question slash reaction to all that. And hopefully this, this comes out and is understandable in the truck race or in any truck race, for that matter, it works in any race. It's usually pretty good, right? Because you have uh, such a difference in the skill level of drivers. You mentioned it and equipment and, and equipment. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, we can't fix that in the cups here. So take equipment out of it. Let's okay. Say it's just driver skill. So like in the truck race, you had Larson. He's at one end of the spectrum. <clears throat> and then whoever else is at the other end of the spectrum. If you had the perfect tire in the Cup Series, could the tire and the tire wear and the tire fall off and how the driver manages all that create that wide of a spectrum in driver skill that yes. we have in the truck series? Yes, without a doubt. If I, if like I, from the guy who's best let's just say yes. let's just pretend it to you the guy who's best at managing their tires versus the guy who's worst at managing their tires can that scale be as wide as the skill gap is in the truck series from guy from first yes. place guy to last place guy? yes because the the proof is in the results
0: now listen not everyone had a chance to tune their car let's be 100 percent add that disclaimer not everyone had a chance to tune their race cars for wet weather tires so ultimately you're going to have variability in lap times from the worst car to the best car but what i saw if you look at the the lap times from the heat race to second run everyone while they gained a lot of speed everyone did they were all running pretty close to the same lap time same as they did on the slick tires but then right at lap 25 on the rain tires the field started splitting I, I looked in the lines so we have graphs that have lines and they show it on tv quite a bit of you know the lower the line the lower the faster your lap time is the higher your line the the, the slower your lap time is and i looked in all 10 cars it, it, it was spread out like spider's legs like it was they went from all running the same time to all of a sudden everyone was running dramatically different times and it was because the tires were starting to wear out. We were starting to get to, the treads were wearing off, and then it was getting to the bald part of the tire. And the bald part of the tire is really, really hard. So then you lose a ton of grip. So right before the end of the race, we were about to have a ton of position changes. Um, Clint Boyery actually even talked about this in the All-Star Open, he's like, dang it. Or, or him and McMurray, which McMurray, A-plus job in the booth. Gosh, Fox, give Jamie McMurray a chance, please. He is so good with his with, with analyzing things that are going on. And I thought the combination of him and Boyer together were great. Um, I think that he even mentioned, Boyer mentioned that, man, we're getting, <laughs> unfortunately, all these positions are about to change and we're about to throw a competition caution. Um, again, you, you, the risk is if you don't, then you could have a scenario like you did in the all-star race where the last hundred laps go all hundred green and you've got the whole field spread out and it could be a snoozer. But it just shows that once the tires start wearing out, that's when you get a ton of variability in lap times from the good guys to the bad guys. Now, what this means for me as a driver, right? And I believe we need to have tires that do wear out. Goodyear even says, we don't blow tires because we run them down to the air. Eventually, what happens is we get them down, we wear all, all the rubber off of it, then it gets to the hard part, and then all of a sudden, it starts unwinding. And, you, and the, as a driver, is that they, they start cording? Cording, Yep. and then the driver starts hearing that noise, and then they pit. A so, vibration? Yes, so they get a vibration. or it All these
1: words that they say on TV for people who aren't following.
0: But what happens then is now I have the option as a driver to make a decision. It's a restart. The tires wear out after lap. Let's just say 50 laps, they they wear out, or 60 laps. That's if you're running all out. All out, they're going to wear out in 50 laps. There's a 100-lap segment, or I could make them... Or I could slow my pace down and make them last all 100 laps. I have a decision to make as a driver. Do I push right here and try to pass everyone I can, get all the track position I can, and then cross my fingers? I hope a caution comes out because that's going to save me. We're all going to pit, and now I've got track position. Or do I be patient and say, man, I think maybe this race is going to go green, so I'm going to just hang out here and make my tires last the entire distance of the sta- of the stage that creates so much passing and so many comers and goers because we know there's a price to pay for being aggressive, but some people are going to be aggressive and want to gain all that track position because they believe a caution will come out and they're going to get saved by that caution. So I think right now all you're having is everyone's driving all out all the time because you can't pass And, you know, the advantage is so much to the leader because he's the only one that can get
1: his tires saturated uh, and and have the proper grip. Well, question. So yesterday, the 11 car started ninth, drove to second and then went all the way back. Mm -hmm. That was a sign to me. I said it in
0: the car when I was leaving the track. I'm like, boy, I thought after five to ten laps, I'm like, Oh boy, this is going to be a cakewalk. We're so much faster than the field.
1: So that, so, so that's not you pushing your tires to the limit. Nope. To grab all the, the no. position, and then all of a sudden not having any because there wasn't a car.
0: Nope. Okay. It was not. It just my car evidently was really. It, it wasn't. We didn't set it up to be fast on the short run. I just think it was. You know, I started on the inside line. I got to like fourth or fifth by the first lap because the outside line was so non-existent. I I just think that it was a case where usually when you have a car that's sat fast in the short run, you're either your air pressure is too high or your springs are too stiff or your shock set. There's something that is wearing out your tires more than the competition, and it's
1: pushing down on them more. So that your tires did wear out. That's why you did. Go uh, yeah, the or
0: they got hot. You know the you know Goodyear's tires. A lot of the times when you see the drop off, it's not because they wear out. It's because they get too hot. So when you spin them, you get them hot. Um, but they did have some wear to them. These tires did have wear to them over a course of a super long run. I, I knew that once I was stuck behind the 99 after that, the initial five laps and I got the second right away, I thought that, oh boy, I got stuck behind the 99. Next thing you know, I make a push to pass them. I couldn't quite get there. I backed off a little bit, made another push to go past him, couldn't couldn't get it done. Next thing you know, I just started going backwards. That's what we saw, right? Is the leader has the ability to set the pace because he has so much more grip than the second place guy. Or, you know, if you sat right behind somebody during the race, you just paid a huge price. Like I noticed every run that I got stuck behind someone early. If I ran five, 10 laps behind them, my stuff would get so hot, I would then start going backwards. So it was um, it was an interesting race and in how it all played out. I certainly thought that we were going to have a better race. I thought the long run was actually our strong suit. Uh, but when I look at practice and how it went down, and a lot of times you put so much bank into, well, look at our lap times and how good they were, we had, you know we got stuck behind a few cars in practice, but we didn't have in the long run a lot of dirty air. You know, we got free of those cars later and maybe we just didn't get the proper read on our car. Uh, had we run slick tires, the, the heat race, maybe we had a better indication that we were further off than what we thought. Uh, but yeah, I thought that certainly you look at the finishing position, there's a, co- a couple of correlations. It was the cars that pitted for tires,
1: I don't know how many there were, probably four or five cars. Four or cars. five. Four or five, right? Yep. Eric Jones, Bubba Wallace, Tyler Reddick, Josh Berry, and the race winner, Kyle Larson. So the top three were
0: the ones that pitted for tires. They drove to the front because they had new tires on lap sixteen and they never looked back. It just it was it was that difficult to pass because of the tires, and it was difficult to pass because that track, you know, unfortunately is a one lane track, one lane at all. I mean, I heard Chase Briscoe talk about it and the second lane was so non-existent. You couldn't even try to battle someone on the outside. Um, That's why I think it needs to get repaved because it's just anytime you have a... Our Our cars don't race as well on single file tracks. That's just a fact. They don't, and especially if it's a short track. So I I encourage the staff, Marcus Smith to repave it, but get the driver's feedback on the repaving. I think that they can do some things with the asphalt. Um, he even said I, that if we do repave it, it's gonna instantly have character. Listen, don't make it character like Atlanta where all you did is just dig up pavement and then lay down, re, you know, repave it with the same old bumps. The bumps isn't what fixes it. You've gotta fix the actual asphalt maybe have an opportunity to do some variable banking, uh, with it. I understand there's a little cost associated with it, but if you have really good racing, I mean, it it, it pays for itself. People come back, the storylines afterwards, it's all just positive stuff. So SMI, please reach out to the drivers on this one and, uh, let us help with, you know, coming up with a surface and a, and a track, um, track type and a trap banking that will help you have the best racing possible after repave. I don't think in my opinion, I don't think the option of not repaving and doing nothing is the right one because it's just going to make us race the racetrack too much and and the, again, we couldn't we can't even remotely battle side by side with anyone. You have to just if they get position on you, you got to let them go and you got to try to find a hole. So you're not going to have any wrecks when no one races side-by-side. Side. So
1: Kyle dominates the or wins the truck race on Saturday, and then despite starting at the rear after having a penalty on pit road after he, he pitted for those fresh tires, he was the only driver that was able to drive through the field as quickly as he did, right? Tyler Reddick and, and Bubba mm-hmm. Wallace ended up finishing behind him, but Kyle was to the lead yep. 20 laps before Bubba got to second.
0: Well, there was no question, right, that – that Kyle had the best car or he was the best driver. One of the two, uh, chase Elliott said that he's are like, you know, how does that happen? He said, well, it's either the driver of the car, one of the two, right? So I think that Kyle, uh, is a very actually underrated talent on worn out racetracks. I think for a while there, he, he definitely was one of those guys that would wear his stuff out quick. And then he would drop an anchor when it comes to, um, long runs, man, he, he just flat wore the field out. Um, I love his tweet, uh, with Bloomquist uh, saying, you know, if they didn't put me to the back, we would have lapped the field. Uh, that's just awesome. <laughs> you know, uh, I hated it from my standpoint because, you know, he, I was one of the guys taking that beating by him, uh, all race long, but you know, this is, this is, sometimes you have a blowout and we had a blowout this week. And so, um, We just got to suck it up. We got to talk about the positives. And that was that that crowd was amazing. Even on, I mean, the crowd that came out just for, to watch us do 10 second pit stops for qualifying was amazing. And so um, hats off to the team. I will, uh, one thing I will say though, is that uh, my friends were a little disappointed. There was no beer in the infield. So they said that uh, they just kept walking circles Okay, top. and you get trapped in the infield once the race They started. got trapped. Yeah. Let's try, you know, when we do the repave, let's, let's dig a tunnel. Um, or a bridge. Or a bridge. Much easier, bridge or a tunnel. I don't know, but certainly we're, gonna, it'll be a cost decision on that one for sure. Uh, but yeah, it was cool. I mean, I felt like I was at a local short track. Uh, so hats off to the fans. Saw a, a, a awesome brawl, uh, in the front stretch, evidently. <laughs> yeah. I uh, saw that online. Um, not that I encourage uh, fighting, but hey, sometimes it happens. Um, what else? I mean, twenty three eleven had a great race. Finished second and third. They, yes, they were they were strong. Yep, uh, they did. They beat uh, up. Bubba was
1: best of the rest. He said.
0: Yeah. Um, I don't know that I love his whole Luber's comment after the race, but yeah, uh, yeah, <laughs> that story here nor there. Uh, but I think that yeah we, JGR, I, I, I guess a letdown for us. All of our cars kind of finished ninth to thirteenth. Definitely not what we anticipated after practice. Uh, again, I, that just tells me that it's not just us that missed missed the boat when it came to uh, adjustments for for uh,
1: those conditions. We all just missed it. Yeah, I thought it was interesting to see in the truck race, um, Ross Chastain just pull over for Larson when he got to him, mm-hmm. and then in the heat race he just dropped to the rear. So I think he really took that be less aggressive to heart and or it's some type some type of uh uh him trying to say, "Hey, this is what yes happens when I'm not yes aggressive." Yes and no.
0: Yes and no because I mean, it, again, y- y- what if you had a train of cars behind you and you got someone beating off your back bumper and you're worried about them passing you, you knew you were going to get passed by that entire train of cars. So it was again, that's why we, we got to have a repay because we need to have a second lane of some sort um, to, to help, to help with that. I, I think that he did it not necessarily because of Larson, but because he's racing the racetrack.
1: Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. So what what's next for, for North Wilkesboro? Do we have a, a points race here next year? All-star race again, a very cold clash in February. You know, tra- I'll give props to our, our, our producer,
0: Travis on that. He's like, well, why don't we just run the clash here? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's such a great idea. That way, you know, because the travel to the Coliseum is such... A, it's a financial nightmare for the race team. Travel
1: just, to the Coliseum for the first race of the year or travel to the Coliseum in general? For the first race of the year. Okay.
0: It, it's such a tough thing for us. Well... um, the the clash in general just doesn't make financial sense for the race teams. That's just a fact. It just it, it didn't make sense before, but then now that we have to go to the West Coast, it definitely doesn't make sense. And then not only that, on the financial side, personnel side, it is it really hurts our race teams for two weeks. It is a tough travel back and forth, and then you got to go to Daytona. It's just a really a strain on our guys, to be honest with you. Um, so. He's like, well, just run the clash at North Worksboro, and I'm like, oh, that's a fantastic idea. And then you forget that it's February second or or whatever, and it's like, oh, I uh, hate traffic. It's gonna be 35 degrees, so <laughs> bundle up yeah. if we're gonna do that. But I, yeah, I don't think you can do it because of weather. It would be too cold. But that being said, that spurs the imagination of well, there's a lot of really great short tracks in the southeast that in the Georgia, Florida area um, that we could run the clash at and not be such a crazy pull for us. Now, again, is it a market like L.A.? Probably not. But, again, every year you keep doing it, it is going to lose its luster a little bit, which we did. We saw you know a definite jump from year one to two. My guess is year two to three, naturally, you're just going to have a little... Less excitement around it for sure. So, I'm in favor of moving things around. One thing I don't want to see, and I heard these rumblings: do not put dirt on that racetrack, or not, you know, don't dig up that pavement and then say, "All
1: right, well, we're gonna run dirt for a year." I thought they already did that as an in between. What do you mean? I I thought the oh no, I guess not, because there wouldn't have been pavement there. Yeah, the plan, the initial plan was to. Do this race and then tear up the surface, right? And run and run dirt. Before no, they no, it?
0: no, no. Don't even get that. No, no. There, that Let's was not a,
1: get that started. No, it's already been started. What That was I know what I'm saying
0: is, is that this we need to cut the legs off of this story right away. Don't no. Northworksboro is a dirt race. No, the answer is no. Simply put, no. Don't do it. You're making a mistake by doing that. It. I'm telling you, it will lose. It's short track. I mean, gosh dang it. Just repave the thing. Let's fix the surface a little bit. Work on the tires. We can make that like one of the best short tracks that we have. Yeah. We, I think we do that. Y-
1: you already have the hardest part figured out, which is getting people there, right? You already have the atmosphere. Yeah. So if and I don't even think the race was was that bad. It it was one caution somewhere in stage two away from being a great race i thought the first stage was was perfect because some guys pit and then you saw those Mm -hmm. cars drive to the front if you have a caution at some point in that second stage it's a it's a great race
0: yeah maybe yeah i mean certainly would be more exciting because hey oh oh, it's a restart what's gonna happen but also if you have a bubble would he
1: move them I mean, he'd probably give them the bumper for sure if it's late in stage two. But also, what if you have a caution 20 laps into stage two? How many guys pit? Then do they get to the front? Is there another caution later in the race? Yeah, good point. I mean, we were
0: at the, you know, towards the tail end of the lead lap cars at that point. I would have probably petitioned to, to Chris, probably been the wrong call. Hey, let's just stay out here and cross our fingers and hopefully we're saving these tires for a caution 20 laps from then. Then you can really get a varying strategy, which brings me to my next point. Uh, Corey LaJoy brought up a great suggestion on our little driver's chat. He's like, I think we should have the option to run rain tires at any point. At our discretion, you get one set. Use them whenever you want. That would have been awesome. I like that in Formula 1 is that... Soft, medium, hard. Yeah, and do you want to run fast for a couple laps or do you want to run fast over the long stint? That's the whole point of us saying put softer tires on the car. Then the drivers will be the ones that make the decision. Do I push or do I save? And when you do that, you have comers and goers. So
1: So just screw the drivers, just give them a bunch of different tires and say, here, pick which one you want. <laughs> I mean, it would have been interesting for sure.
0: I mean, when when do you run when do you put the soft ones on? I
1: mean, you saw that a little bit at, at Coda a few years ago, right? When the guys who are out in the lead, Austin yeah. Sindrick, were running on slick tires but,
0: in the rain. Yeah, you yeah. Know, I, running, I think it adds something to it for sure. But I, you know, <laughs> I don't. I mean, Goodyear, they're I don't know. They want to, you know, build more tires, um, than than what they have to. So, um, yeah. I mean, I just think that don't put dirt on it. Repave the track, reprofile the track, and. Let's let's keep this on our schedule for, for a long time to come. All right, let's get to Dear Denny. Dear Denny,
1: we got some questions that we want to ask. Dear Denny, we need answers and we need them fast. We tried to ask Junior, but his answers were lame. And with DBC, it was more of the same. Now we're caught on you, because you're our only hope. This ain't the race racetrack, so maybe you won't show. Hey, Danny Hamlin, long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, Connor Daly here. Uh, First of all, I need to add one of your helmets to this collection. So, uh, that's my first question. Will you trade helmets with uh, an IndyCar driver slash part-time amateur Cup Series racer? Uh, Also, question for the show. um, When and is it possible would you race in the Indy 500? A very large event coming up next weekend. Uh, hopefully you know about it. Um, we'd love to see you out there, Denny. I think that would be a great thing. And, uh, also just about to watch you here in the, uh, this race at the North Wilkesboro, uh, motor racing circuit, uh, looks like a great time. So can't wait to hear all about it. Uh, please let me know all the answers to the questions that I just posed.
0: Uh, Connor's my favorite. He's just my favorite guy. Okay. Uh, let's, let's unpack that. Um, helmet. First of all, you're going to have to probably wait in line. I still owe Marco Andretti a helmet. He sent me his address, and I've just, I've just let that slip my brain. So i got to send Marco one first, and then uh, I'll, I'll get Connor one after that. Um, I don't mind uh,
1: exchanging with an uh, IndyCar guy, as he likes to say. Uh, How many helmets do you have? Again, <clears throat> like In a given season, is it one helmet for the entire year? I
0: used to have a lot because every FedEx Opco that there was... yeah, yeah, different uh, Express, ground... Yeah, it was a new paint job. So I had... And in my contract, I, I get to keep uh, helmets. I know that's important to, to drivers. And I, I keep um, most all my suits and my helmets, um, my shoes and gloves, obviously. Uh, I got Paul Swan from uh, on Austin Dillon's team, plays in my basketball league. He's requested a pair of shoes. I guess I got to give he's
1: a buddy shoes of mine. you get more of. that's why i'm wondering how many helmets you. is no is it 101? i don't get
0: more i mean i don't get a lot of them but i, I gotta don't give me that don't roll your eyes <laughs> you got enough shoes it's difficult for me to get a lot of different like i want a lot of different colorways i like my racing shoes so i don't want to get off on a different path on that because it does take a long time to manufacture a new yeah. design now they can do different colorways pretty quick but So I owe owe Paul Swan a pair of shoes. I owe a helmet to Marco, a helmet to Connor. Um, I I don't get as many as as you think. Uh, I go through probably eight to ten pairs of shoes a year. Um, I'm going to say I get probably three helmets a year that I get to keep and probably, I don't know. Eight suits a year, something like that, uh, somewhere in that range. So, yeah. Uh, so now let's let's address the what I race in that uh, s- that event called Indy five, Indy, f- Indy five zero zero. Okay, Indy five zero zero. Um, I think it's an Indian. I probably wouldn't. Uh, I'm that's. I appreciate. I'm smart enough to appreciate the skill level. Of any professional in their profession. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're a golfer or a basketball player or a race car driver. I respect that that is what you grew up doing. I respect that you are an elite talent in that profession because you spent your whole life doing it and you got to this level because you're very, very good. And I would probably go to Indy and look silly. So again, I think the type of racing that they have at the Indy 500 uh, fits kind of the drafting and strategy type racing where, you know, you're, you you know, what makes Indy 500 so exciting versus like the stock cars is that the draft is so big and they're able to hold their throttle down through the corners quite a bit more than us, where if they would just slow our cars down at, at the brickyard, a little bit in the corners the draft would be huge and you would see crazy exchanges and passes down the straightaway because our cars i mean literally if you just went slightly softer tire actually put a taller blade on the car cut 50 to 100 horsepower out don't go all the way to super speedway or whatever it might be but just cut six to eight miles an hour of corner speed out of our next gen cars at the brickyard the slingshot passes you would see down the straightaway would be crazy. Uh, but we're so grip limited in the corners that we lose so much time in the corners that it takes the whole straightaway just to get get back to the person, and then we lose it all again. So it's like a yo-yo effect. But the Indy 500, I love watching it. I do. Uh, Connor, It's he kicks ass in that race. It's like he's – and first of all, I just want to go to the Indy 500 to be a, a guest of his – so I'm requesting that from him because he's the mayor of Indy. We may or may not have hung out at a few bars at Indy, and uh, the guy will have a statue outside of the Capitol one day. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he uh, he's awesome, great dude. Um, but I I just don't have the urge to run the Indy 500 like you know like Kyle Larson or Kyle Bush or anything those those guys. Um, I just. I respect what they do, and I just uh, the the speed. I'm okay with the speed. I just think that it would take a lot of practice for me to get good at
1: it, and I don't want to ever compete when I don't think that I can win. Okay, so now now it's your turn. What what questions do you have for for Connor and the Speed Street guys? Oh, Speed Street guys, this is a big week for them.
0: Uh, this is what you know. This is it's been a couple of weeks. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they spend, it seems like a month out at that racetrack preparing for the Indy 500. But I mean, this is their Daytona 500, right? You know, there's no championship. It's it's is the equivalent of the Daytona 500 as you can get, right? I don't know what viewers they get on TV, but I'm guessing it's probably equivalent to what our Daytona 500 is. Um, it's the same kind of thing where it's just a big race in the middle of your season. It doesn't mean you win a championship, but you've won that event. And you could probably ask a lot of guys would you rather win an Indy 500 or a championship they ask cup guys the same thing would you rather want win a Daytona 500 or a championship it's very very close so um <clears throat> all right so a question i have for connor is that when he was growing up did he always want to be an indy guy did he ever say that you know have any interest in being a stock car guy did he race any local short tracks in a full body car? Um, I know that he, he's he's he got to run a few road course races and, you know, Daytona 500 he ran this year. Um, but did he ever think about his career path and was it always Indy cars? And, you know, is it because of where he grew up or, or whatever it might be? But, you know, did, did he ever have a desire to take the path of I want to be a stock car guy?
1: Big week for the, the Speed Street guys with the Indianapolis 500 coming up um, to check out their show. They're great. Connor Daly and, and Joey Molinaro. They're, they're both hilarious, first yep. of all. And then the guests they have on there are, are super interesting. They had a... Uh, uh, who's the American F1 guy now? Um, Sergeant? Yeah. He was on the show a few weeks ago, and that was a that was a good listen. Yeah. I
0: mean, they, they do a great job over at Speed Street and, and encourage everyone... Uh, to to give their show a listen once you listen once you're 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 going to be listening every single week but this is their this is their week um excited to hear what their perspective is uh they've been on the racetrack now for a couple weeks um what is does connor like his chances uh for this week um yeah just listening to those two they're they're funny first of all a lot funnier than we are (laughs) and uh and i just love listening to their perspective of the indycar world they they really go over um, you know, kind of the the recap of the races very similar to what I do over here at Action's Detrimental. So, uh, give those guys a listen this week.
1: Yeah. So the Indy Five Hundred that's on Sunday. We also have the Cook Six Hundred on Sunday. Six hundred miles. You finally checked this one off your bucket list last year. Um, I don't know. What are you? You, you looking forward to the second time?
0: I am. Um, certainly feel like uh our, our cars have gotten better on the mile and a half so obviously the last mile and a half we did win at, at kansas so certainly i'm optimistic by it for sure um you know we've had a had a couple weeks where we've been a little off on the setup for sure uh darlington uh, again we had some damage there we did to re bring that back we talked about darlington whether you know why my car was so haywire when i did hit the oil <coughs> or whatever the 15 was leaking early in that race. Uh, we did bend quite a bit of parts in the front and the back in stage one. So to give uh, listeners a recap of what happened to our Darlington day uh, that was so out of character for us, we, we definitely had a bent up car. So um, I'm looking forward to it after a few weeks of just definitely not being white hot. We, we just kind of so This is off. the last
1: week So, of, this, your, of your white hot prediction. That it,
0: oh, I said through Charlotte, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, let's finish it off and get uh, white hot and, and win this thing, I would love to, I mean, as a Coke family driver, I've been part of the Coke family now for 15 or oh, 18 years. So the vending machine that they gave me the vintage vending machine, uh, gets used daily by my kids, um, <laughs> up in the media room. So, um, I'm looking forward to it. I think our cars will be good. Um, Obviously, the Hendrick guys are going to be tough to beat. seems like Byron and uh, Larson have been kind of the standard on the mile and a half in the speed uh, that they bring uh, week in, week out. So they'll be tough to beat. Those, those are the guys that we're going to key on to try to go out there and beat.
1: Yeah, you got to avoid, avoid the
0: carnage, though, in this one. It's a, it's a long race. It is. It, it is a long race. Um, it was crazy because last year, you know, we just kind of hung around most of the race. We weren't the best car by any means. I thought we had probably a fifth to eighth place car most of the day. That's where we hung out. And then with all the carnage and all the chaos that ensued late in that race, we just kind of took advantage of it and, and stole one. So uh I hope our car's a little bit better so we can continue to
1: uh keep the momentum going. Yeah. For everyone, thanks for listening. Um, just beware uh, when you're at the track this weekend if you're at Charlotte uh, and you're yelling my name over Denny's he does get a little jealous of that so keep that in mind.
0: Oh there's (laughs) been a huge shift this is how we know you guys are listening every week and I love you for it you're now yelling Jared's name instead of mine so uh, keep doing it he gets a little red face he gets always he 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 starts blushing so um, he may act like he doesn't like it but (laughs) <laughs> you know now we're talking about you know jared when's your next autograph session or your next q a you need to have your own hero cards maybe we put that we have we have uh your tyler butt. carrying not only my hero cards but maybe Jeez. maybe you can get the little pocket ones that joe carries like oh in, like, yeah, yeah the back pocket yeah and you can just grab one sign it and hand it out to anyone that yells your
1: name That'd be funny. They love F- you, Jared. Number 520, Purple Vest Team. <laughs> is that your permanent number? Oh, I don't... Yeah, we have... Whatever's on the front of the vest, I don't know what it is. 560, maybe? It was I 511 did know, last How do you not year. know your number? It's just forgettable. Okay. Just never look at it. All right. Well, when we we'll give you an update of what his number is so you can spot him. Um, oh, they don't. They don't need to know the number. They,
0: well, easy. just look for him. He's either right in front of me because he's walk. He's taking pictures of me walking, or he's right behind me trying to get a shot. He is the purple vest guy close to me. Yep.
1: Anyway, follow on uh, all social media platforms at Dirty Mo Media, at Denny Hamlin, at Jared D Allen, and then like, follow, subscribe wherever you get your podcast. Let's do it. Check out Dirty Mode Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and
0: Instagram.